0: Greetings, parish orphans of retrogrades. Welcome to a short show on Cardinal Burke, one of the leaders of the church, in my view, arguably the leader of the traditional movement in the Roman Catholic Church today, speaking out for the first time. 2021 was not a good year for Cardinal Burke. He got very sick with COVID-19 and was mocked by the Pope for having COVID-19, our humble leader, the pontiff. He's spoken out just three days ago on Raymond Arroyo's World Over on EWTN about the importance of the Latin Mass and the indissolubility of the Latin Mass and what we should do and think about Pope Francis's latter 2021 attacks on the Latin Mass beginning in summer, July 16th specifically, with Traditiones Custodis. Colonel Brooks said some really important things. I've boiled them down to three, and I'm going to give you the cliff notes, if you will, the three most important aspects of that which he offered to uh, the world on Thursday night's World Over show. Okay, first thing, I would like to tell people, to remind them, without being annoying, because I get asked all the time, Patreon.com is the best way you can support me, as I do this show, you can support the show, you can support the books, you can support the writing of articles. If you're so willing, and lots of people say, look, I just, Tim, you don't talk about Patreon enough, so I'm trying to do that a little bit more. If you go to Timothy J. Gordon on Patreon, you can support me. Indirectly, you can also support staff. Uh, another way to support us is to buy our new books each of myself and my wife have new books out in the last four months on feminism one from a male perspective the other from a female perspective mine is called the case for patriarchy you can buy that on amazon.com steph's my wife's is called ask your husband that is not technically out we just released it on tan books and you can buy that on amazon.com That will technically come out February the 1st, but if you buy it today, you will get your copies soon, likely before February the 1st. Buy the books. That's an indirect, one-time way to support the program. Also, like this uh, show by clicking the like button, subscribing, clicking the notification bell. Cardinal Burke had three specific points that are helpful for Roman Catholics who have devoted themselves to the tri- Tridentine Latin Mass, the traditional Latin Mass. Here are the three points. And, and we haven't really heard this from anyone else. First off, he seemed to want to clarify that the ad orientum posture, whether we're talking of the, the Novus Ordo Mise or the TLM, was never fidgeted with, was never adjusted, was never abrogated by Sacrosanctum Concilium in the second Uh, Vatican Council Constitutional. Secondly, he has a very specific message because uh, Arroyo asked him a very pressing, specific question. I hadn't heard anyone else raise it outside of myself and friends of this show about the SSPX, the Priestly Society of St. Pius X, who are kind of walking in between the raindrops with all of this Latin mass restriction. They don't enjoy a, a full communion with the Roman Catholic Church. And therefore, they are not restricted by all of the uh, TLM bullying uh, policies of Pope Francis. Cardinal Burke reminded us, don't go to SSPX. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. He said, look, the TLM is a full part of the Roman right, which is the main right of the Roman Catholic Church. It's mainstream. Don't allow the TLM to be cloistered. To the SSPX, and don't allow yourself to be cloistered or bullied or channeled or funneled into the SSPX chapels around the country. Don't do so. We need to keep the TLM mainstream. It is, as a matter of fact, the main form, if we're speaking chronologically, of the main rite in the Roman Catholic Church, the main liturgy. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. And thirdly, he raised the point that simply speaking, anagogically speaking, the Lord won't permit the total abrogation of the TLM. That doesn't mean that Cardinal Burke, as he offered these comments on January the 20th, Thursday of 2022, he knew exactly how the Lord would choose to defend the TLM. He, was, he wasn't getting that specific, and, and nor did he need to. All he was saying is, look, the Latin Mass is too important, is too mainstream, is too liturgically centered. It's not a fringe position. It's not a position for weirdos or, or this group or that group within the church. It is for all of the Catholic faithful, and the Lord simply won't permit it to be taken away. Okay, so those are the three points. Ad Orientum is uh, a new questionable extreme as designated by Francis Win the Church. And that's weird because that has nothing to do with Novus Ordo or TLM specifically. So he he offered some comments. I'm going to play them for you in a second about ad orientum posture, uh, consecratory posture. Number two, he says, don't go to SSPX, lovers of the Latin Mass. Keep the Latin Mass mainstream. And number three, he specified, he stipulated that the, the points of number two are really the work of the Lord. The Lord won't permit the SS uh sorry the TLM to be channeled or funneled into strange or uh, non-mainstream niches within the church it is mainstream and the Lord wants it that way but but his comments about the ad orientum posture of the priest and Francis's position there against were especially enlightening this is what he said about or ad orientum he wasn't talking about TLM versus Noah's order yet
1: the lord or facing the east orient or dominum. Uh, and in fact many people tell me and I, it makes perfect sense that it's a very beautiful thing to have the priest at the head of the congregation offering the mass but everyone is facing our lord so this makes it clear that the, the sacrifices our Lord's sacrifices uh, we mm-hmm. worship in spirit and truth in, in our lord jesus christ and so uh, that is nothing in particular to do with the it's true that that uh, the, the more ancient usage was certainly to celebrate Mass uh, f- facing the Lord, facing the East. But uh, I, don't, I don't find anything in the documents of the Second Vatican Council that would uh, lead to a banning of the, of, of the traditional uh, way of the, the traditional posture or position of the priest during the celebration of the Mass. And, uh,
0: okay, so he, he first off raises this very fundamental point that almost never gets repeated. On shows like mine, Uh, outside of shows like mine, because I do repeat this point, arguably the most important difference between bad iterations of the Novus Ordo, which are most of them, 99% of them, and the TLM is the consecratory posture of the priest. You know, whether he's facing liturgical East at Orientum, or whether he's facing, as is the case in 99% of the, the Novus Ordos that are done, the people versus Populum. And he simply points up, Cardinal Burke does, to to Raymond Arroyo, that the Vatican II Constitution, Secre Sanctum Concilium, does not say anything about changing ad orientum posture to versus populum posture. In other words, presumptively, it leaves liturgical East intact. So, while he doesn't go into this question, you've heard me go into theories about how it was popularized, since it wasn't done by Vatican II's document, Sacrosanctum Concilium. How in the world did this become the minority position? There was never any liturgical change, at least to the consecratory posture of the priest uh, in Sacrosanctum Concilium. There wasn't in the missal of Pope uh, Paul VI any serious mention, uh, any... any uh, any official mention of a change of the liturgical consecratory posture of the priest. So it's very, very strange that any of us, traditionalists or Novus Ordo enthusiasts alike, point up a difference between the two forms of the liturgy, the the antiquiara usage or the the modern usage, the, the Novus Ordo say of the consecratory pro- posture of the priest. It's simply strange. You can't pin it on Vatican II. And it's odd because now Francis's uh, uh, curial officials have gone as far as punishing uh, Robert Cardinal Sarah for, and undoing his advice a couple Easters back when he said hey, priests, particularly during Lent, should celebrate. Facing liturgical east, Francis says, "No, no, no! Don't do that. We need to stick to Vatican II. Vatican II does not mention any kind of change from liturgical east to aversus populum, where the priest faces the people. The real meaning of this, if you're you're not that interested in the liturgical battles, is that the priest should be facing the altar, which should be shoved against the wall, rather than uh." On the other side of some table facing the people as he elevates as he consecrates and then elevates the divine substances at mass the main purpose of mass the source and summit of the faith the the uh, bread and the wine turned body and blood of christ body blood soul divinity why would this be so important to defend and maintain a commitment to um a usage that doesn't even, a posture that doesn't even appear in the Vatican II documents. Why is this so important to Francis? And why does he he keep repeating the misnomer that the versus populum posture of the priest is a Vatican II creature? It's not. And, And Cardinal Burke makes this really, really clear. It's very important, liturgical East is, that the priest faces away from us, his back is to us, and he's facing the same direction. Since Pope Francis is so interested in liturgical unity, one would very easily point out the fact that liturgical unity is best served by all of us facing the same direction, the laity and the priest.
1: This is now being brought forward. I don't understand. Your your Eminence, the, the,
0: the practical effect of this, I think people haven't taken or given due consideration in Rome. Uh, what I'm hearing is so many of these Catholic communities, and again, these are small groups of Catholics, but they're fervent. The church is packed for these, these uh, traditional Latin masses. Many of them are now going over to these uh, St. Pius X chapels, the Society of St. Pius X chapels. Is the intention here on the part of some in Rome to drive those Catholics attached to this right to the Society of St. Pius X and then declare them all schismatics at some later date. Why? So, this brings us to the second point that I think is really important that Cardinal Burke makes. Don't go to SSPX chapels. The The TLM is not exclusively for SSPX chapels now. The TLM is too important. Keep it mainstream. It is the, chronologically speaking, the main part of the main right, the main form of the main right of Roman Catholicism. Remember, there are all these other 22 or 23 Alternative rites besides the Roman rite, but they're a very small portion. It's not like they're each an equal share and they each are like three or four percent of the masses being said around the world. The vast majority of the masses are Roman rite masses. And up until 50 years ago, all of the masses in the Roman rite were what we now call TLM for 500 years, if you will, or in only a slightly iterated version. 1,500 years at an extra 1,000 years. So the vast majority of liturgies in the Roman Catholic world, on the whole, have been TLMs. In other words, they're utterly mainstream. Keep them utterly mainstream. Now, w- whose work is that to do? Cardinal Burke will answer in the third part of his talk with uh, Arroyo. But the point is, Arroyo's very, 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 very sharp guy. I- I've spoken to him. Uh, before, and he's just a very sharp guy. He makes a lot of similar points to those in, in similar timing that I do on this show, Rules for Retrograde, so I guess that's accounts for why I think he's a sharp guy. He's the only other person um, talking publicly about this that I've heard mention. Is there some sort of skullduggery afoot in the Curia whereby the TLM, is being pushed to the cloister of SSPX chapels, whether you like them, you hate them, you feel neutral about them, the SSPX, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, is there some sort of plot, I don't think it's that thinly veiled, afoot to push all TLMs into those corners, SSPX corners, and then with one final move, one final gambit, to declare the TLM and the SSPX definitively in a, in a new way, newly definitively out of the church together. The TLM has never been declared out of the church. SSPX, of course, has since 1988. But whether you like this, you, you hate it, or you feel neutral about it, this seems to be the plot. And I've spoken about this since, I think, July the 16th. I did a show right after Traditionis custodis came out. And I said, I think this might be what's going on to associate in an increasing, creeping way the TLM with only the Society of St. Pius X, and then to excommunicate anybody that has any continued interest in going. Arroyo asks this question to Cardinal Burke, and here's what Cardinal Burke says. It's very important. He does say, this is important that this stays mainstream. Don't go to SSPX. The TLM is too important as a mainstream, full communion Catholic uh, liturgical norm i create this division while talking of accompaniment right i i, I don't know
1: i've been told that too that the day thinking of some is that that anyone who uh, is attracted to the, the more ancient usage the uh, should simply go over to the Priestess society of saint Pius the 10th uh, but that's absolutely wrong absolutely wrong the the more ancient usage is an integral part of the life of the Church. It has been uh, along all the centuries, and even after the introduction of the, the Novus Ordo, as it's called in the more recent usage, the Church is always permitted.
0: So what Cardinal Burke is saying, just sorry to pause it uh, over much here, but he's saying an integral part of the life of the Church has been played by the Tridentine Latin Mass. Everything I was saying before we came to the second part It's mainstream. It's as mainstream as you get. The source and summit of the faith is the Eucharist, as celebrated most often over the last three quarters of the bimillennial history of the Roman Catholic Church in what's called the TLM. We can't just seed that, give it up as as mainstream Roman Catholics to those who attend SSPX chapels, right? For, For the good, for the bad, or for the neutral, however you feel about them. Mainstream full communion Catholics can't give that up and say, oh, well, we'll allow this, the TLM, to become, you know, taken on board as a kind of uh, verboten thing that is only celebrated by verboten priests at verboten chapels. That means forbidden if you don't know German. I don't know German. I, I know that word, though, from World War Two movies. So you see what he's saying? And, and I, I really appreciated... Arroyo's questioning, his line of questioning, and particularly this question, and I really appreciated Cardinal Burke's clarity, which continues with his continued answer to the second part of this uh, question.
1: Uh, To individuals and to groups, the possibility of 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 following the the more ancient usage. And so uh, uh, this idea that somehow if you uh, are attracted to the uh, there was this antique we are you, you're a systematic I mean this is simply uh, wrong and, and, and it's wrong to drive people in that direction but our lord is with us in the church he told us he would remain with us always in the church and so we have to stay in the church and and fight to uh, to to preserve and to, to promote and cultivate uh, the liturgical life of the church and uh, also through the, through the
0: extraordinary form. All right, so now this is really important here because this is where Cardinal Burke, is, he's saying together with uh, Raymond Arroyo, all things that I've said over the last six months, but as we move into the third question, the third point being addressed uh, by him, um, simply we must remain attached to the TLM, that's great, but what does that leave for us to do? What, what tasks, what work? Um, we don't quite know. And also, the, um, the third part of his his talk with Raymond Arroyo heads up something that, to me, presents difficulties. Now, not, no, I'm not saying that there, there are actual contradictions on the part of Cardinal Burke, because he's the churchman I trust the most in the church today. He is the authority that I would look to the most and say, king, you know, uh, as one of the princes of the church, I should say, Prince, I trust you, what are we to make of Traditionis Custodis? Now, he went on Cardinal Burke's show right after TC came out in July, and he said that removing the uh, TLM is somehow, in some way, ultra vires to the Pope's power, which is interesting. I have looked into this, and I found no Particular magisterial documents that made it clear that this was ultra virus. He was very, very vague in his answer. It's good news if that's the case. I'd just like to be able to check that out and to direct you, parish orphans and retrogrades, to that spot. So here's the the minor tension that I think is not a, a real contradiction, but it's tension that can be relaxed. It's just in my mind on January. Uh, the, the, whatever it is, the 24th of 2022, how can we worship underground, which he's, he's going to say in this third part, he's going to say we might have to go back to worshiping at TLM underground masses, depending on what Francis does in the coming weeks and months, without falling into a kind of schismatic spirit. If the church from the center, the Curia, the Vatican, Simplicia Terre, Moves to do something more nakedly, uncamouflagedly aggressive against the TLM. If they try to take it away, what kind of status does that throw us into? Those of us who attend the TLM, right? My my um, couple of my daughters are doing their first confession and first communion in the TLM. Uh, you know, coming up here. What if something happens whereby the TLM is more aggressively, more comprehensively taken away in between now and Easter? I simply don't know. And I am comforted that Cardinal Burke thinks, okay, here's SSPX, put it in one compartment. Don't go there, keep the TLM. I mean I mean they're obviously they're saying the TLM, but keep it such that it's not strictly cloistered to those quarters. It needs to be mainstream. It needs to be in the, the full communion Roman Catholic Church. That's really important. But it might go underground. So that leaves questions for me and probably for you as well. This is what, what he says as he continues to unpack this kind of thorny question.
1: So I, I tell people, we don't have a choice. St. Athanasius, he was exiled. He was excommunicated. He uh, suffered so many humiliations for defending the truth of the faith, but he never left the church. He, and Padre Pio is another example, more recent. Uh, he, he suffered a great deal at the hands of the, of the Vatican, and, and yet he, he remained faithfully in the church, and this is what we have to do. And our Lord isn't going to permit, I, I know this, our Lord is not going to permit that this beautiful gift uh, of the... Uh, of the more ancient usage the beautiful gift of the of the of these rites will be lost he just and it's right. clear that he hasn't permitted it and uh, since the time of the of the council there's been a continual mm-hmm. growth and uh uh in interest and i uh, in in the ancient uh, the more ancient usage and i uh, uh, know so many lay faithful and also priests who have told me that uh, the, being able to assist at the holy mass uh, in the according to the we are uh, has so helped them to deepen their understanding and their appreciation mm-hmm. and their participation uh, in the Holy Mass. Yeah.
0: yeah. no, I've had a number of priests tell me it wasn't until they... they uh... So uh, Cardinal Burke raises some great points here that, that the unity in the Church is actually fostered by the TLM. Uh, it, there's no kind of revolution being fomented at, at TLMs in the mainstream Church. I've maintained this all the time the question is this going forward is is it that the the uh, abrogation of the tridentine latin mass is as cardinal burke held on july 17th or 18th when he went on Arroyo show of 2021 is it is that abrogation itself ultra vires? is it something a pope can't do canonically cardinal burke remember was the highest canonist in the entire church he was the grand inquisitor Of uh, He was the prefect of the Apostolic Signatura until Pope Francis demoted him out of pure ressentiment a couple years back. Is it that, A, is that the case, that if Francis tries to do it, that will be canonically invalid? I've expressed serious doubt there to that question. Or is it, B, that Cardinal Burke and others, myself included, have a kind of unwavering faith that the TLM is... A fully bloomed, fully blossomed, most excellent, most high expression of our liturgical worship uh, of the, you know, the source and summit of the faith, the Eucharist. And that the Lord simply won't permit it to be taken away. And we have a kind of unwavering faith in this proposition that knows not specific expression. It just knows the Lord will not let us be fully without the TLM. Is it A? that it's canonically invalid, or is it B, that there's a kind of faith that Francis will, by historical contingencies, simply not have the time or the space or the oxygen to get the words out, or the ink. His ink, inkwell will run dry before he, he quills those words on paper, actually abrogating the TLM forever. There's a very real difference between A and B, and it is something that I am honored to, Uh, To announce, I simply don't know as a um, Thomistic philosopher, someone that's trained in constitutional law and someone that that looks at at Catholic documents um, a large portion of my week throughout the week in order to bring to you. I can't find this level of nuance in any documents that have been brought forward. So it's a real question and it's something that people need to ask of Cardinal Burke. This is like the most, uh, this is the nexus of where the certainty meets the doubt, in relay as of you know, January the 20, 24th, 2022. This is the most that's been brought forward. He gave these two interviews to Arroyo. I always watch with great interest when Arroyo goes, uh, when Arroyo interviews Cardinal Burke, and particularly on the Latin Mass. This was the second interview, and he said, A, shortly after Traditionis Custodis came out in the summer, and he said something closer to be today in January of 2022. It's something you guys ought to consider. You guys ought to look into. If you find something, normally you you, you send me your questions. Send me your answers if you think you have them. Today we will take a, a few quick questions if you'd like to do that. We have a little bit of time on the back end here. That's my short presentation of Cardinal Burke's short but very substantive presentation on World Over if you don't have EWTN the way he, uh, he gave it on Thursday night. Any questions?
1: Uh, yes, there was some earlier. Just a second. I am...
0: Oh, right here. Elizabeth A. Okay. So what do the faithful do when the Ecclesia Dei communities are suppressed? Look at what happened in Japan for centuries. I will not attend an NO mass when the Eucharist is not uh reverenced well i don't I don't know what that what that um precisely means, Elizabeth there, what people are going what Catholics are going to have to start doing um better all of us is really, really tending to the nuances um in left in between somewhere. Between the certainties and the doubts of our position, I'm not exactly sure what you mean. Are you sure? Are you saying you will you will never you will not ato- attend any novus ordo? Because this is not. You don't hear Cardinal Burke speak this way. What I call Catholics to do is to be bold and obedient, like our main leader in the Church, Cardinal Burke, who is bold yet obedient. Go reread the dubia, Elizabeth. The way that they're phrased is so obedient yet so bold. And, of course, those dubia were never answered. Cardinal Burke stuck his neck and his job on the line more than any of us. More than any of us. More than anybody in SSPX. More than anybody in the Novus Ordo. More than anyone that I can think of. He was kind of the leader of the four dubia cardinals. Now he's one of two survivors. And emulate always, if you can, the specificity. And the charitable tone, and I don't mean charitable in the way that the you know, the left Caths use it. I mean the genuine bona fide charity of Cardinal Burke, but the genuine scholarly <coughs> specificity of Cardinal Burke, he's always so specific, and he does not lead off saying, Look, if um if the the TLM is gotten rid of, abrogated for good, dot dot dot, he doesn't start his sentence that way because he's faithful that the Lord won't permit it to be taken away. And then he doesn't finish the sentence by saying, well, I will never say a Novus Ordo Mass. He celebrates the Novus Ordo Mass. Um, and I would certainly be honored to attend any Mass uh, said by Cardinal Burke. Now, of course, TLMs, as you've always heard from me, one way, one very one-sidedly, I think the TLM is objectively, expressly better but um, than the Novus Ordo. But I'd go to any Mass said by... Cardinal Burke, and I hope you would as well. So when you say specifically, well, I'm not going to go to any mass where the Eucharist isn't reverenced. This isn't this isn't a, a black or white thing, right? And it's certainly not a generic thing stemming from the genus of all Novus Ordo's. I mean, if it's a validly consecrated mass, you know, even though it's got this tacky music and and whatever the the other Novus Ordo uh, liturgical forms, it's it's being reverenced. But so. There's this real danger in our approach to these liturgical questions to, to make complex things simple and simple things complex. Almost always when I debate someone on this stuff, I, I, the first thing I want to say is you're making a simple thing complex, and usually you're making a compl- another, a different thing, complex things simple. So we don't, we don't want to do that. Uh, that's the best I can offer you now. Uh, next question. Will you do more online debates? Lots of questions. Probably. Sure. Yeah. No. I, I. I. Very much. You know. In the support of my book, which is out, um, the case for patriarchy. I'd especially uh, be interested in lining up debates on Catholic feminism against some people that call themselves Catholic feminists. But yes, definitely. I, I've talked to Trent Horn about doing some doubles debates with atheists. That's my. That's my. Uh, my real wheelhouse is debates against atheists and i've done many public debates before youtube was even a thing for me i love debates i was a forensics coach i have the you know the background in philosophy and law so it's it's a passion of mine and i would love to do it the liturgical debates don't seem to go anywhere because we don't there's a wide enough gap of this gray area between what's certain and what's doubtful and no one has any answers. I mean, when I debated Tim Flanders, I think both of us were doing our best job to get at that area, somewhere between certainty and doubt, and it, it wasn't particularly satisfying for either of us, and we, we each expressed that later. It's like, I, I'd i love to hear, and I think Tim Flanders would as well, Cardinal Burke stipulate the answer to that question. Is, is it position A, that it would be canonically invalid for a pope? to uh, try to abrogate the TLM or is it B that he has a sort of unwavering faith that that um, Providence will would not of its own accord wouldn't allow the Pope to even try this There's a very real difference and I so yeah but debates generally speaking are good and I like doing them. yes uh, Burks in your position that the TLM cannot go away don't make sense regarding uh, don't go to SSPX I, I don't know what that means their weird canonical structure from seventy six until the nineteen ninety was essentially the only TLM you could get. Question mark Sorry, could you rephrase that if that's a question? Uh, that's fine. I simply don't understand what you're saying there.
1: I think they're saying that the the, the, the line is always that they saved the TLM.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really want to guess. That's not um. There were there were TLMs around in the world, in an unbroken line. Um. Even even after you know, even before 1988, when Archbishop Lefevre was excommunicated, even after 1988, but prior to Samorum Pontificum, there were in, in corners of the world, it, it, there was an unbroken lineage where the Tridentine Latin mass was said in diocesan churches and whatnot. So um, uh, that's, that's the best I can do there that the question wasn't uh, clearly phrased. Really, really, mm-hmm. shorten it. brevity and clarity are the most important things, and I'd love to take any question. Uh, Tim, can any priest say a Latin Mass in secret, or does he need permission from his bishop each time? I wonder how the underground church in China is doing it. See, this is my exact line of questioning for Cardinal Burke. He himself, like you, uh, Nick. Nick, made the analogy... To the Chinese underground church, and he said, "Well, we might have to go underground." So the question is, how underground are is is the church allowed to operate, particularly in the name of the uh, of the TLM? At what point does going underground stand for the proposition of operating illicitly? Um, a la the, the the chapels of the SSPX. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And this is why I've been trying for about a year to get Cardinal Burke on this program. We had some movement in that direction, and then he got sick. So I, I think if if anybody knows him, I have a few friends who are friends with him who have talked to him about coming on this show. It is not going to be a debate because I'm just going to sit here and listen. It's not going to be... Um, Hostile questions because this is, I think, the greatest authority in the church, the ex-grand inquisitor, and I I think just one of the holiest men, like a living saint that we have in the church. I regard him as the greatest authority in the church that's living today. I will just ask these questions of nuance, of distinction that are not gotcha questions and just sit here and listen, right? You've seen me do all kinds of interviews. You've seen me do interviews which were basically debates, interviews which ended up slightly hostile interviews where I I am kind of leaning on a question and rephrasing it, if I didn't like the answer, seen me interview countless times, my friends and well-wishers of the program, this would be different. This would literally be me asking the question. And Cardinal Burke is, he speaks slowly because he's so specific and he's very good with distinctions, which is what the church and the world need now. So I don't know. And that is the primary question I've been asking Cardinal Burke through my mutual friends of his. And I have a few. Uh, Stephanie asked Tim, "I have this question: How can the Church actually ban the use of the old rite sacraments? Can the priests and bishops disregard this rule? How can the likes of SSSP, FSSP, not use the old sacraments?" That—that's the question. That is the question that Cardinal Burke has not yet answered. That—that's everything I was saying. I was trying to express. Maybe I expressed it imperfectly. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm doing my best between. That which he told Raymond Arroyo on World Over in, I think it was July the 18th or 19th, 2021, the Thursday after TC came out, he sounded more like guns blazing. Canonically, it would be invalid if Pope Francis tried to abrogate the TLM. Um, And I guess underground priests and Ecclesia Dei uh, uh, congregations would be tacitly greenlighted to continue saying underground I- versions of the TLM. today or, or I'm sorry, last Thursday on Raymond Arroyo uh, January the 20th, 2022, he sounded more like what I've been saying since TC came out. He sounded more like position B. The Lord simply won't permit, don't ask me to specify how because I know not the means. But the Lord heaven itself won't permit the TLM to be abrogated. And we just have to have a kind of unwavering faith in this proposition. But that, that way, position B sounds a little bit more like canonically it's not invalid. I've asked everyone I know. I've asked Peter Kwasniewski. I've asked Tim Flanders in a, in a kind of debate. I've asked friends who attend SSPX chapels. I've asked everyone that I figured might know. Show me where the power, the plenary power given to the Pope, particularly over discipline, uh, given at Vatican I, has been delimited in some high magisterial document, which is what it would require for uh, an abrogation of the TLM to be ultra And people, and no one has, in all frankness, been able to point me to any magisterial document any verse of scripture, anything. So I am quite simply caught in between these two positions of the man in the church that I respect the most. Position A of Cardinal Burke from about six months ago, position B, which is where he kept tending uh, four nights ago. So you see, I, I simply am stuck there. I've I've issued many answers to, I think, and what many of you have, Taken to be difficult questions over the last two to three years on YouTube. I simply, when I don't know, I say so. That's how you avoid intellectual dishonesty. That's how you avoid getting called out. It's how you avoid getting caught out. So I, I, I simply have to admit, I'm really, really stuck on this point, A or B, at this point. Charlie, why do people give the TLM and God breathed scripture like status? My guess is it's more individually psychological than doctrinal. <sighs> um, I, I can't answer for, for people. I, I, I don't know exactly what you mean. I, my guess at what you mean would be that there are folks that say even if the church changed the TLM into the Novus Ordo in a way where the TLM could never be said, I wouldn't go to the Novus Ordo or I'd leave the faith or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that either. On the other hand, on the other hand, before people start barking at me, I don't understand after 50 years of historical luxury, you know, uh, retrospect, looking back at, you know, the, the missile of Paul VI, 52 years now, 51 years, I don't understand why the TLM was changed in the first place, Like like most traditionalists say. <laughs> so... There's a lot of nuance here, and I'm, I'm sure it's not being tended to very, uh, by very good minds. I mean, the people that are talking about this, the people that are implementing these things, the people that are gainsaying the Novus Ordo, in all fairness, on, on both sides, have done a poor job of articulating their position. Why was the Novus Ordo changed to the TLM in the first place in most instances and why after 50 years of of really pretty pretty um pretty widespread abuse of the novus ordo with really bad songs, really unprayerful attitudes, why is there a resistance to saying okay, let's let's go back to how it was before. That you know, the novus ordo did not bring about the springtime of uh widespread flowering within the uh trad- liturgical norms of the church. It simply didn't. And also I think the best answer to the question is that nothing or very little having to do with what most of us see at a Novus Ordo on Sundays has anything to do with Vatican II or Sacrosanctum Conchilian from Vatican II. So until people on either side of that question start giving better answers, we should should expect to see continued uh, uh, disorientation, confusion. Okay, but the question, generally speaking, if I take a final crack at it, in a uh, a more uh, avuncular sense, would just be, well, why are people devoted to the TLM over the No Sorta? Because it's just so much better sounding, so much better looking, so much better smelling, so much holier. Um, it you know seems in in most ways to produce better fruit. On the other hand, the, the TLM produces a lot of um, people that are. Uh, the people's attitudes are are really bad fruit too. So we judge the Novus Ordo Mass by its fruits of faith, and we'd say these are bad fruits. Like Father Chad Ripiger always says, you 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 judge a lot of Novus uh, TLM communities by the people and the kind of stinky attitudes or the sort of weird um, making up rules, making up rules, the kind of non-catholic puritanism that's attempting to be baptized into catholicism that doesn't come from the tlm itself and you'd say well i i the tlm by its fruits and the judgment would not be good but the the liturgical fruits are far better from the tlm the personal fruits of the tlm are no better than the novus ordo shane what should we do if francis says contraception is licit what should we do if he says gay marriage is licit I think this is a win, not an if. Um, I don't agree that it's a win, not an if. See, Shane, here's, here's the, the thing. These are easy questions, okay? If Pope Francis said contraception or gay marriage are licit, then these things have already been dogmatically declared time and time again or, or dogmatized. Uh, generally speaking, uh, Casti Canubi, is a papal encyclical that is considered uh, dogmatic or dogmatic-adjacent. Casti Canubi, Um, it's in, you know, the the bimillennial, one-sided Catholic doctrinal and dogmatic rejection of artificial contraception is total. It's comprehensive. It has appeared um, from the days of the apostles, uh, literally, um, from from the writings of the apostles all the way through, you know, consistently through encyclicals with dogmatically accepted, dogmatically incorporated parts of encyclicals, including Casti Canubi. Gay marriage, it, it comes straight out of Scripture in over a dozen places that uh, gay marriage, you know, that gay acts, let alone gay marriage, which is a contradiction in terms, uh, are, are diabolical. Uh, they're one of the seven... Sins that cry out for vengeance. So these things are are dogmatic, whereas popes, as as I hope you well know, Shane, have always, always been given a plenary authority over discipline. Not not just at or after Vatican I, but always throughout the whole history of the Church, they have had a plenary authority over discipline, and so changing. That's why the Mass has changed so much. That's why we have twenty-three or twenty-four rites. It's why there was a a Catholic rite. The original Mass given down to the apostles by Jesus wasn't in Latin or you know English, right? The only two masses I've ever been to are in Latin and in English. The there's no doubt about the disciplinary changeability. Um, And it's a power that is handed to the Peter, the Pope, at the time. So that's why that's a question. Dogma and doctrine, as I argued, as I debated against Trent Horn a couple years ago, cannot change. Discipline can. Um, The question is, what about a discipline that we are really, really, really attached to for good reason? One that um, we strongly intuit shouldn't be changed. Not in the way that it was in 1970 by Pope Paul VI. Well, that's a more complex question because discipline can change, but this one seems really bad, especially with the rest retrospect of fifty years. Any other questions? Okay, those were helpful questions. I didn't have a ton to say today, just synopsizing Cardinal Burke's three points on Raymond Arroyo's show World Over from Four Nights ago. and you guys supplied the rest of this show with your questions. Please do. Support the show, buy my book, The Case for Patriarchy, buy Steph Gordon's book, Ask Your Husband, and support either and or both of us on Patreon. Go to Timothy J. Gordon. God bless you guys. Deus Volt.